Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash for your free audiobook download. Ask a lot of questions because I don't really know what I'm going to say about it. Okay. I know what my first question is going to be. Okay. Don't burn that. Not. It's going to be wise. That, <laughs> look how, that was, look how pregnant you are with this question. <laughs> oh, I think I know what my first question is going to be too. Yeah. What is game? Uh, the podcast is over. Oh, not Proteus. That's for sure. <laughs> Who is that? It's the whole internet. Yeah, it's the entire internet. Wow, Proteus. Like, uh, Who cares? That's the sound the internet makes when it's talking about that shit, apparently. <laughs> God. What One, is game? Two, three. What is game? February 6th, 2013 AD, and this is Idle Thumbs. This is Idle Thumbs. I'm Chris Remo. <laughs> I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And this is a numbered episode of Idle Thumbs, but you wouldn't believe it. It might be Idle Thumbs 93. It's probably around the 93rd episode. 93 of these. It's going to be a good one. I can already tell. Yeah, why not? Yeah, hey guys. I wonder how many episodes start with you saying that it's going to be a good one. All of them? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good thing. Not last that. week. I said it when I listened to it. <laughs> I put my headphones on and see so it. I don't really listen to these episodes. When I'm not on them, I listen to them. Yeah, I like listen. I like I like you guys. Okay, because I wonder. I was wondering if you actually listen to the ones that we put out all the time, and then if you do the thing where like this is going to be good. This and then in your ears, you hear yourself. This is going to be a good one, and then a little like bit of blood comes out of your nose. No, I listen to the ones I'm not on. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are the best ones. So it's good that you listen to those ones. Yeah, I know. I read Gaff. Anyway, so you'll be playing SimCity. Fuck yeah, I'm going to be playing SimCity. You have to listen to that. Jesus. I, I wanted to talk about SimCity, but I don't know if I actually do. Are you talking about the thing with, the, with, with Chuck? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You want to describe that? Well, just because um, last week when we were talking about SimCity, I was talking about how I thought that they were, I said my oh. read on it felt like the influence or one of the influences on SimCity, whatever this is, I guess five technically, um, on SimCity versus right. SimCity, the city on the there. on the upcoming Sim on SimCity parentheses twenty thirteen mm-hmm. um, was the sort of Zynga era social, social management stuff, and mm-hmm. then um, yeah, I saw that you guys were talking about that on Twitter a little bit, a little bit, yeah, because um, Chuck Jordan, who was on Idle Thumbs like nine, the Confessed to Baloo, who was a developer, wow, yeah, nice, wow, <laughs> dredging that up, uh, he. Um, who Sean and I worked with on The Walking Dead and at Telltale for a while was uh, was a developer on SimCity 4 and I think was at Maxis right at the beginning of Spore. Um, and he was talking about... Actually, he, was, he um, on the Idle Forums thread from last episode, he left a pretty long post about a lot of the thinking and systems design that was going on in SimCity 4 uh, that is really... He was saying that's actually a lot of the inspiration is a lot of the stuff that we did in SimCity 4 that people didn't really see or that mm-hmm. ended up... Uh, 
and in different layers. And then he pointed out a thing that I just totally wasn't paying attention to, which is that the SimCity 4 team is also the Spore team, is also the current SimCity team. And looking at the SimCity IP, or like, or just looking at SimCity games in general through the lens of Spore is totally, yeah, is totally that valid. Really, and actually, really interesting I hadn't thought about that in any way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for anyone, and Chuck can speak for the thinking at Maxis, so I don't have a lot of room to go as far as my opinion goes. Mm-hmm. But that is totally an angle that I had not thought about at all. Like looking at, looking at the way that the UI and right. Spore works and the way that the, like just the everything, everything that happens in Spore uh, is yeah. reflected actually through the aesthetic of SimCity. And it's, it's weird. I think people actually, when thinking about SimCity, a lot of people seem to have sort of forgotten that Spore exists mm-hmm. because a lot of people, yeah, I think kind of like forgot it, that Spore exists. Yeah, it just, Spore feels like it's on. I mean, I, Spore, kind of was almost felt like a separate parallel thing. And I think people thought of it as, you know, it was like this crazy Will Wright thing. Right, where then you're like, oh, I wonder what the SimCity team's working on. Oh, sorry, they're working on Spore. The same people, yeah, yeah, for the most part. But I hadn't, yeah. I mean, I'm sure sure the teams are hugely different because they always are game developers. But like, yeah. The people, yeah. Certain core people. At least according to Chuck, there has been a a sort of core team through line between those games. That seems like the kind of studio where you could just stay forever if you wanted yep. you know if you were into it but yeah even but just even the, then there's sort of like a <clears throat> knowledge base mm-hmm. even if people yeah, yeah, institution, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely it just my brain sort of saw the new sim city mm-hmm. like 30 mm-hmm. degrees off from how i had been thinking yeah. about it before just by thinking about yeah it was a really cool observation anyway um thanks chuck for posting in the forums about it and uh, it, it 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 uh tracks to the difference in scale i mean um the new sim city seems to be slightly smaller scale mm-hmm. and even though spore is in certain ways of enormous scale it still has that same low scale feeling where everything is like very directly represented yep. um between like the piece you have on your monster has some like actual effect on you know whatever creature has some effect on how it operates in the world and like every- yeah that that really one to one feeling is exactly, there but yeah, and then yeah. also that one to one feeling necessitating they're actually probably being the sense of fewer units. Mm-hmm, exactly. Whereas, yeah, yeah. the SimCity 4 and before thing of just you're building mm-hmm. 50 miles square, but you don't actually get in in all the details. Mm-hmm. That sort of right. taking the lens, like flicking at one level of magnification in seems like that that also is being carried across. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I remember I saw, I, I was watching some videos, uh, like time-lapse videos and stuff, and uh, from, I guess from an actual guy, he, I think he was one of the designers yeah, Maxis has like a YouTube channel. Right? I got that. I got that. Cool I got one of those through Chuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. That was yeah. Was that the day night one? That twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. The rounds or that yeah. peninsula yeah. city. Yeah. You can kind of see one off in the distance. And I ended up Holy watching a few God. more like on his channel. Yeah. And um and it was interesting because he was community. He was talking with people in the chat who were asking questions about like oh well, you have cars like driving through each other and stuff and he's like yeah like we tried like doing collision detection would have just been completely unfeasible with the number of autonomous like not autonomous but like with the number of discreetly rendered right. units we have running around like you know you got to pick and choose <laughs> that game what you still, can actually afford to render it's still uh, pretty good about it though no, it's like, really watching convincing. those videos yeah. then seeing when it hits rush hour and mm-hmm. seeing like watching the cars pile like, up behind oh shit other. whoops you built yep. a low density street in the middle of your city and your city grew up to be too big so you're fucked Sean pointed out, he said they needed to turn that into a one-way street, which is a classic fucking San Francisco resident. Because <laughs> you were like, they need to widen that street. And I was like, turn it into a one-way, one-way street. But then I went, oh my God, this, I wonder <laughs> if that game actually supports the notion of being able to, I'm sure it doesn't. Probably not. Yeah. That would yeah. be, because that, that seems like the level of small that this game doesn't actually right. do. Mm-hmm. But like being able to just go, 
to just drag a bup, 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 this is all just one way and then on the other block duh, 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 this is the yep, other way right. and then watching that well because you could totally baby wall it and where you would just have you could do like, what oh you could <laughs> baby like, wall it it's like the sims thing or like you have a bunch like you get family and build a bunch of babies and you just build a wall around them <laughs> what what yeah i guess it's like that what <laughs> <laughs> I worked with a guy at Disney. Just, who, just baby wall. Just, I, was like I want to know now that you're a like phrase? a lord at Telltale. I hope you're in you're in meetings sometimes where someone tosses out an idea. You're like, you know what? Yeah, I like where you're going to this, but let's just baby wall it. Meanwhile, everyone in the room is like, what is he? What's he like, I'm sure that means something. Like, what's got he? What is? Anyway, I'm I'm heading to lunch. Could you, if you guys just get that baby wall thing wrapped up, I'll see you in two hours. Like, no, what is baby walling? A baby wall is like. Now that I'm saying it, I hear <laughs> you guys hearing it. Yeah, I, mean, I gotta hear. I gotta hear the the tale of Baby Wall. <laughs> so Baby Wall is just using <clears throat> Sim, you know, any of those Sim games, like like the Sim like the brand Sims. games. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could do any simulation game, but a Sim's brand games rules against itself to, to create an atrocity. So it's like, oh, so get a bunch of babies, right, via family. And then build oh, build a new house around all the babies, so they're in just sort of like an enclosed area. An enclosed area. Sure, that's like yeah, that's the. And they just live in there until they don't obviously don't anymore. Right, put someone in. And a then room. you sell the house, and then you know, put them in the room with no <laughs> doors and a, a new coffee family pot to come in. Yeah. yeah. Did you invent that term? No, a guy I worked with at Disney. He did mm. it. Yeah. Did he, but he called it baby walling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who are you going to baby wall in SimCity? Well, the thing was, you, you could do one, you could, do, you could get, start game. getting one-way streets to just that create only, oh, that just disasters. Yeah, infinite loops yeah, are getting right. to run into each other like Hot Wheels or something. But if they have, don't have collision or wrecks or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder if the cars eventually dissipate. Like, can you can you, can you you baby wall in the Sims? Or in SimCity is a question. Like, once you see that huge commuter traffic, can you go right. and just go... I was almost certain. Delete, delete yeah. the outlet just delete, off of it. Just delete it so that yeah. all those cars are stuck there? Yeah. Like, you know what? A game that has great baby walling is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Well, you just start that's launching. also where you just make murder machines and stuff. Yeah, a baby wall. Baby wall is not to <laughs> and what is a should baby not wall be confused all, with not, not murder. murder. <laughs> yeah, okay. Murder simulators, video games. Yeah. So you're saying that uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon is a murder simulator? I'm saying sim games, including Roller Coaster, Ro- Roller Coaster, including tycoon. Roller Coaster Tycoon, <laughs> <laughs> including Toaster Tycoon. <laughs> Toaster Tycoon is clearly just it's like a robo toaster tycoon. When you combine Toaster Tycoon and Fork Tycoon, you definitely are baby walling. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jake. Wow. What? That was horrible. That's a classic, classic murder. Is like you knife yeah. in, you get the toast stuck in the toaster, and then you. That's then, not a murder, that's accidental suicide. Not when it's not, when, not at there. Jake's house. Not when I'm the tycoon. Not when I make you stick that fork in that toaster. <laughs> the I'm greatest. Just you place a fork, a toaster, and a person in a room and wait to see what happens. Wow. Murder simulator. <laughs> tycoon. I'm really concerned about these. This is apparently just Saw Tycoon at this point. That's like, that's, that's, <laughs> saw Tycoon. Yeah. That's actually just where you're creating Saw films, though. That's a different thing. Oh, yeah. That's like the movies. Yearly sequel. And Peter Molyneux. God. Everyone forgets that Peter Molyneux made the movies. I know. Everyone forgets the movies. That's why they forget that. The What's funny part. is the movies was one of those games that hit at a time when I was so into movies but had such a shitty computer that I couldn't play it. So in my mind, that was a great <laughs> was like game. An incredible yeah, game. that I yeah. totally missed out on. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the movies. Then The Sims. Oh, because the movies came out. 
God, that was that was the time, like the two, like the the three year window or so of Peter Molyneux just being dicked down by Will Wright over and over again because he. It seems like the movies and then just The Sims. No, the, and then the movies was, was a response to The Sims. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Because I remember being at a GDC where Black and White 2 was demoed, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. And then I believe that that was when Will Wright busted out the fucking Spore demo. Because <laughs> <laughs> Peter Molyneux was like, look, you can zoom in all the way to the grass and see the bugs. And then Peter Molyneux – or and then Will Wright was like, look, you can zoom out to see the entirety of the of, <laughs> You start with of the existence. And then you see, right. the and see that bug. Out. It's going to see the universe. Yeah. That was like, oh, God, owned. Oh, no. It, I God, I don't remember the order. I think that I think that that was the GDC actually where Molyneux demoed the room, where he demoed oh God. the thing where you can make things out of clay. You can make a chair, yeah. and then the game turns it into a chair. That's the what it was. Just, just spawns a chair model, and then and then Will Wright was like, "Let me procedurally generate life that then turns into <laughs> the entirety of existence." Yeah. That was that was the the yeah. sad onyx that had happened there. Was so much cooler. As Will Wright's mind blowing like GDC two thousand five talk, yeah. than as Spore. I Do remember, you remember yeah. how exploded everyone's brains were when he you did would that meet strangers who didn't know about video games yeah. whose minds were exploded by spore yeah. the thing about that demo when you go back and watch it now though is that he would sort of say and then and then it would just go to a black screen and cut right, up and then yeah. it's a living creature in society and you're like wow <laughs> oh no sorry the cut to black was actually just a mode switch and then well, the characters right, looked a lot more cartoony like an, a yeah. s- stat screen yeah. followed by yeah yeah but your brain just goes <laughs> Oh, that video. Yeah. yeah. I still think there are things that are really cool about Spore, even though it's yeah. oh, yeah. you know, not a Spore. 100% success. Spore had cool But, like, stuff. that that scale stuff was still totally successful to me. Yeah. Like, just starting with your little organism and growing out of the universe, even though it was more canned than, than you know, your the imagination might Plus, have suggested. Plus, it gets us the new SimCity. Yeah. So. It's cool. I mean, after Chuck pointed that out, it was a very – it was a super convincing – uh, point that he made. I mean, not that I need to be convinced he was there, but like it made total sense to me. After right, your the, brain immediately can draw the line yeah. through Spore to where yeah. we're at now with with New Sim City. Exactly. It's really. Did cool. you guys see the thing about how people found the like PDF of the Sim City game manual and there's like one parenthetical line in the thing that's like buy new stuff in the in-game store, new items, free or paid. We we'll talked about your that. gameplay experience. We th- oh, we'll change your gameplay experience. That's what it, that's what the line. That's, not, that's, that's why th- people have started going ape shit about it. But I don't know if it's actually anything to be concerned about. I'm I, not sure yet. Aren't you pre-ordering the whole thing so you can get Paris? That's but, what I heard. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, no yeah. such Jake thing as the whole thing. And this down. is oh. this is the thing that <clears throat> doesn't bother me, but bothers a lot of people because the verbiage that I'm seeing in the discussion is, isn't it annoying that like I can't believe Maxis isn't giving us the whole game? Like they are. And that's like that seems like that the, seems like an old argument. That seems like DLC argument circa horse armor to me. Yeah, because I think that the point of this right now <laughs> it's a lot of good shorthand in this episode. <laughs> Whatever. The, 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 Look, I'm just gonna need you to baby wall that horse armor. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Can we? It, can we do that? Uh, the, uh, yeah, no problem. Skyrim Murder simulator. The thing that I think <laughs> the thing that I think is interesting about the way that it looks like the the SimCity is made is that that stuff could replace expansion packs to a certain degree. Like it, yeah, the, the yeah, scope, yeah. the scope of of what's of what it looks like SimCity offers in the current in the new SimCity means that a SimCity store could conceivably just sell you, you know, whatever your residential neighborhood will now build Eichler houses, whatever, yeah, cool. Right. But well, it can also it could also mean, I, I'm the system is probably in it, but someone that Maxis could just say if you you know we can we realized that airports would be interesting like airports is pretty core sim city I mean, but they're already in there but yeah, yeah, yeah but the idea that a system could you know someone could come up with an idea for what 
a new system would be in a SimCity game and could put it in a store and deploy it yeah. without having to make an entire new right. DLC package. But mm-hmm. the attitude that is coming out right now it seems to be, why didn't you think of it and include every single thing now? Right. And that, right. that's... But I also well, the yeah, reason, that's, that they, the reason really, people yeah. say that is because it's, it's obvious there are going to be things that they did think of but are still selling. Yeah. Which I'm, st- I'm still fine with. The, only, the, the point for me where it crosses the line, and, I, and I'm not saying this is the thing they're doing. I don't... That I'm bringing it up purely theoretically. Yeah, this is all the most the, hypothetical thing yeah, in the world. Yeah. The the point for me where it would become objectionable is when it's something like speed go into double cheetah mode with your new time scale right. add like that's it, the kind of thing that, that it seems that like it's gonna be no, I, I don't think that's store. what it's I don't think that's what's gonna be. I'm just saying that's the version of right. in game purchases that that would bother me in this game. Like but just I, just straight up additional content is fine as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, if it's if it maps to something closer to like the Team Fortress 2 model, that seems fine to me. Yeah, there's yeah, a core yeah. game right. that just exists out of the box and you don't need to touch the store if you don't want to. Right, right. But then if you want weird aesthetic shit or extra stuff on top of the core SimCity experience, I I like that stuff more a la carte, to be honest. Like I don't like Yeah, I feel like, like right, when I look at a like, like Civ, I don't want to have to go spend twenty dollars uh, because I'm I interested dis- in I one disagree. Of those I disagree with that. I think there are well, I'm just saying what systems. I like. No, I know, but I'm just saying I think right. there are certain systems like in Civ Well, like 4, the religion system came out with yeah, Gods and Kings. I'm right. not saying like you, do, that. You, do, you want that to be in a big right, right. thing where they've rebalanced stuff. But right. if I just but want but another like, dude to no, show no, up. No, no, I agree. But I agree like, with looking, that. At, looking at The Sims as an example, if you have the entirety of what comes in like The Sims 2 and then in the item store, nightclubs showed up and then it said also when you get these, your Sims can have a nightlife. Ten bucks. That would have been The Sims Nightlife twenty five dollars yeah, at GameStop exactly. before. No, no, yeah, yeah. And like, I think but so. if someone, if that came out four months later, I guess that's probably the like statute of limitations right. of complaining is gone. But like, when, how long after The Sims comes out does it have? Is it allowed before someone says, "Why wasn't that just in the game?" But how right. many? But who are these people who are thinking that it's the internet? You know, whatever. Who? How long has this game been in development? That this isn't going to be a platform. This yeah. isn't like. What? Yeah, of course. I like, it's, not, it's called SimCity. Oh, this game is going to exist for the next four years and subsist entirely on yeah. those sorts of microtransactions. And I don't know. I mean, we could probably seg this right into the, the Gabe Newell talk from yeah, sure. uh, Texas A&M. Is that where he was? Uh, you, I think it was UT Austin. Okay. The Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, School of Management. <laughs> did you know he had two beagles? I did know that. <laughs> one was named him, the other one was named her. <laughs> Fascinating fact. Pragmatic Fascinating man. Presidential Pragmatic fact. man. <laughs> Pragmatic president, LBJ. <laughs> Next PPLBJ. month. On the... <laughs> We're not reading those Caro books. God. If we, if we ever want to kill the Idle Book if Club, ever, if if ever, ever, no, if we ever want to just end the Idle Book know, Club, right. let's just oh, sign that. For the next five months, we'll be reading <laughs> All of, uh, one month each volume of Kara's The Passage of Power, <laughs> The Years of Lyndon Johnson, or whatever the hell it's yeah. called. I mean, I don't know. I really want to read those stuff. That's the kind of thing where, like, once I'm a middle age, yeah, like, if I, I was going to for myself, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you'll be sit 40 down in my leather yeah. recliner and, like, <laughs> Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I would love. I, I don't know. I should say everything. You'll, you'll, be fi- you'll be mid fifties sometime. Yeah. And those books will be waiting for you. Yeah, I know. At some point in your life, you'll be in your mid fifties. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? God willing. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of Gabe Newell, <laughs> uh, the, the LBJ of our time. Speaking some, of people who own say, two crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gabe Newell is the Herbert Hoover of our time. No. I don't know. I have signed. When I think of Herbert Hoover, all I can think of is the Depression. Yeah. 
So. And those two crocodiles. <laughs> and those two crocodiles. And whatever that other... That, that had... Uh, he had two crocodiles and, uh, and Eaglehurst Gillette. Eaglehurst Gillette. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the dog that I love. The right. setter. Anyway. Uh, Sorry. We only talk about presidential dogs this week. Well, that's already going to be in the podcast later. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined. Gabe Newell spoke. But I don't... I mean... I don't know. I don't have problems with games, especially like this, as platform. I don't have problems with Dota 2 as platform. I don't have problems with TF2. No, nor I. SimCity, but it all kind of makes sense to me. Especially, I mean, Dota's, I really like the way Dota does it. Because I can just... The way Dota does it. Peruse it, but not have to, and I, the drops mm-hmm. are fine. It's sure. not part of, I don't think of it as part of my core experience with mm-hmm. the game. Because that game is so incredibly deep, out of the box, mm-hmm. that... No, none percent of my thought process about that game. Yeah, that was is my feeling. Sweet, I gotta get that hat about SimCity at least from the beta. I mean, it won't happen. But if all the things that were in the menu that said not in beta all of a sudden were not in beta, comma not in retail box, I would have maybe right. some slightly yeah, different yeah, thoughts. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. just just flipping through the shit that was in the beta, mm-hmm. it was like okay, you've already out robusted my expectations for what I'd be doing in this SimCity game. Right. So, sure. like, I just can't imagine they're making Hero Academy. Like not not to shit on that game, but like I was kind of bummed out when I got that game, and I felt like I was instantly being upsold the microtransaction stuff. Like I think there's just I don't know. Like it's probably worth talking about because I don't really know what, where the line is, but there is I think a really hard line, and it's not just does it affect gameplay between what has become mo- like I think we through the Zanga Facebook we've, model. I feel like microtransaction we've about this before in the lens of microtransaction like, in Arkham Asylum versus Arkham City as. Where, yeah. where Arkham City just suddenly says, if only you'd paid for that Catwoman pack all the goddamn time. And you're like, what? I don't want you to be, you know. Yeah, but even then, it's not microtransaction anymore. It's not asking for co- the, the coins, like that aspect of it. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that doesn't seem like what's going on with SimCity or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, we don't even know. It's probably, it's, I mean, we could probably leave it there for the most part with SimCity because we yeah. honestly just, yeah. like the funny thing to me about the, about all the discussion was it was based on like, a parenthetical clause in the middle of the rule book so it's like let's just wait and see right you know i don't know but also i mean so there's there gabe newell spoke at ut austin yeah and just talked a lot about just whatever came to his mind really like yeah but he had a deck apparently he was he had a powerpoint (laughs) yeah but 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 then as soon as people started asking questions he was just jumping to whatever yeah and like apparently he did an entire other hour session after that where he talked about totally different stuff Man, it was not videotaped. Taped. Oh god! I know. The, I really it bummed me out that the other ones were taped because yeah. so, there were a couple journal like Texas area journalists who were at the second one, and that's where the quotes came out about like I think Apple rolls the console makers easily, uh, you know, like et cetera, et cetera. That mm-hmm. that all that stuff. If you guys saw any of that reporting, that was all from like the second hour that there isn't a video of. Oh uh, yeah. I wonder if he's that controlled or is it just luck of the draw? I don't get the sense that it's controlled. I get the sense that he just... I think he just has so much... I mean, this mm-hmm. is the... Honestly, this was the biggest takeaway for me watching that talk. Not that I haven't seen Gabe Newell addresses or anything before, but just I hadn't seen one in a while and like seeing just an right. hour of this. The biggest takeaway for me was that this guy is just really fucking smart. Yeah, sounds, that was the same <laughs> <right>. <laughs> just, Oh, like, I see you. You, yeah. you own and run Valve. That sounds like a facile <laughs> statement, but the reason I the reason I say it is because... There are things, there are like ways Valve operates that I think are really admirable, and there are other things Valve does that I'm not as crazy about. I don't, not that I think it's net negative, right? Like I think Valve is a really great, great company, um, especially a great company to exist in the games industry. Like they're right. an important counterbalance against a lot of other 
If they pulled a giant lever and shut it down, yeah, the it would be, would be, would be much be worse. Off. Um, shitty but like, aside from from those qualitative judgments entirely, like the thing that was actually most interesting to me about just sitting there and watching Gabe Newell just just talk off the top of his head for an hour was that he was observing just his mental process, like the way that mm-hmm. he thinks about problems is so thorough and so intricate and so um, strong, just fundamentally. Right. Um, I don't, I really, really, really don't feel that is how most people or companies in the games industry operate. Like I've, mm. I've, there's a lot of incredibly smart Or any people, industry. Or any industry, I know. <laughs> but I feel like the games industry, even just like standard practices are half nonsense most of the time. Like, yeah. I mean, even just things that like in other industries would just be the way things are done or like the way publishers are run in the games industry. That shit changes like every other year and people are, publishers are failing left and right. Game studios are closing left and right. And it seems like nobody can, it seems like very few people are even able to get a firm foothold on the ground at all, much less subject the decisions they have to make to rigorous critical thought. And like, that was the thing that was so fascinating to me about seeing the way that Newell just expounds on these topics is that he clearly every single problem or issue that goes through his head gets filtered through this this just in this just like massive machine where he's just absorbing like as many inputs as he possibly can and putting them all through the through like this central perspective and mm-hmm. i find that really fascinating and part of it is that he has the luxury to do that because right. valve is so flush with cash all the time but also, it, but also as a human being, to, he doesn't go into exactly. a coma. Like right. he's like able he, to synthesize exactly. it. Yeah. yeah. Part of it is clearly just how he is and is a big reason Valve got to have that freedom in the first place was just mm-hmm. the rigorousness with which he applies his general mentality to to the problems that he and Valve mm-hmm. comes across. And like I, that it was just remarkable for me to see, you know, like I, we've all been in the games industry for a while at this point. And like, you know, when I was working for companies like Gamma Sutra, I talked to just tons of people in the games industry from like the developer up to the executive level and it's just it is so it is just it's intimidating for me to just watch someone like Newell talk and just see how unique that kind of is mm-hmm. for someone with his level of power you know like it's just it's it's very very strange and that that to me was more striking than any of like one in particular any point he made specifically mm-hmm. not that he didn't make good points yeah I liked, I mean, I, he addressed kind of something we've been talking about or we talked about when Greenlight came out without ever saying the words Greenlight. Mm-hmm. But he talked about just the bottleneck that is getting on the steam and he addressed it using the same terms we were talking about as a, cur- like, a storefront is by nature this curatorial yeah. place. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of Steam as sort of like an API backend in which to sell games through many digital stores. You're saying you, Sean. Me, yeah, I yeah, had yeah, okay, yeah. As a, no, I mean, as opposed to like speaking. No, yeah, 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 no. I just thought I'd never thought about the idea of that. You know, a sort of this sort of. And that was awesome. I never thought about that either, and I think that's really fascinating. Fucking great. Yeah, it's really, really like that is like a potential watershed level. Yeah, if that being phase two for the green light equals get things into a big, big ass bucket of well it just becomes this sort of publishing api where you could literally start an independent publisher right by just going out finding the content and delivering it to a captive audience like yeah if you just do something really good with like the theoretical steam publishing api right like make a really attractive store that's well supported like develop good developer relations like i mean that's 
it's bonkers to think about. Like that's a totally no. I like, like I had to like take a walk. <laughs> I literally I was yeah. in a late meeting day and just kind of got up from my desk and went okay. I'm just gonna yeah. it's going to be <laughs> go around. The only thing on the internet that I can think of that works that way is like even, I mean it's not the same thing at all. But like the only comparable thing I can think of off the top of my head is like. Amazon affiliate, um, Amazon program. affiliate, exactly. But also well, like drop I was thinking Amazon shipping. sellers is what I was thinking. Yeah, of. like um, or uh, kind of like a cross between Amazon sellers and affiliates, or something like the the Shopify API. But that's not quite the same thing. The thing, but I mean, there are guys who made millions like in the early two thousands as like drop shippers for ping pong tables. Mm-hmm. You make a really sick website, mm-hmm. and but the back end is all connected to like. 10 different people's distribution network. So there's mm-hmm. a ping pong maker in Hoboken and there's one in Austin and there's one in wherever. But when you go to their store, it's just pingpongtables.com. Right. It just looks like this probably exists as one homogenous store somewhere right. in, you know, wherever in Chicago you go, Oh yeah, it's the ping pong table I want. And some, you know, smart web developer who's got really good graphic design skills has built a website where you click, oh, yeah, I want that ping pong table. Yeah. And it goes off to the Hoboken store. He never has to do anything. But you still have to – the difference there, though – But it's all hooked up manually behind the yeah, scenes. He's like a switchboard operator. And there's also just way more layers of intermediates. Right. I mean, that's, it's like, a pre-API. It's, it's, a human na- it's a human being doing what an API does, right, yeah. which is this yeah, switch, yeah. you know, The thing about all this, though, together. is you're still competing with Valve, right? No. Not in, well, the hypo- are, not in the hypothetical well, that are, he's talking about. Your game goes in right, through right, Steam right, Greenlight, right. gets approved, therefore odds are whatever, but, that I it mean, could end up in the top sellers, that it could end up in a Steam sale, that it could so end up like... So in my brain, right, it was, you're using the API as... I, 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 I hesitate to say this, but Idle Thumbs is a game publisher all of a sudden. You know, like, you could use the API to get the game up on the, net, up on the service, distribute it, and sell it, Right. But then, like the you wouldn't, where you wouldn't, the game wouldn't need to go through greenlight or anything. We like would greenlight. Are they saying that? No, this is all. This well, is all if, very if, theoretical. I mean, otherwise, what would the point of this be? Like, the point is, there's it's, a publishing it, API where you can just put games through it and do like get the advantages. But it wouldn't end up on SteamPower.com necessarily, unless right. Valve decided it belonged there. Like, it could separately go through. Okay. Do you, do you see like yeah it, i guess like, I, I, think I missed he, he that aspect about of what he was sort of like about. about crowdsourcing the curatorial force right but when he was saying that when he was saying like yahtzee or old man murray or someone could be doing this i am that read to me like they're going to theme a really nice playlist of steam items that no, did not read to me like you you're making a that now, right? yeah i can see how you would think that there's a separate and i didn't link this to you because i didn't find it until right before we recorded but mm-hmm. there's a separate interview he did on the Verge, I think, mm-hmm. um, where he talked about this with a little more specificity. Okay, where he was saying like you would actually just have entirely separate curatorial filters, and like you could potentially have different storefronts or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how far. Away and then the idea is these be, games but, would still end up plopping into someone's Steam library the same way everything else would. Yeah, right. In the in the same way that you can have stuff in your Steam library that isn't actually on SteamPowered.com, like as a as a right. But you'd get the managerial elements of like local games that end up on the Steam no, that's library. Not what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying like if a deve- if a developer has a game that has not yet out, it's con- it's not on the storefront, but they can still give that code to someone yes, else. Yes, okay. It's still uh, yeah, a yeah. fully integrated game on Steam, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it's not on the Steam storefront. Right. And I'm saying like if there are like five million games, let's say that actually are exist in through this like publishing API that exists in some central database somewhere, mm-hmm. maybe only 1 million, 1 million of them are actually on steampower.com right. and the rest are like not up to Valve standards and therefore not on that site for whatever reason, right. um, but are on somebody mm-hmm. else's like implementation of this of this API that they've... That right, they've- sorry. The end sentence that I was trying to get to is independent publishers or sellers who use the Steam API could finally say, 
Yes, we have a Steam version of it, but it wouldn't be one sold through the Steam right. store. Exactly. So you'd be able yeah. to have it. Presumably, it would still port over to any place you log in on Steam that is a supported right. platform. You'd be able to deploy updates like a Steam. Yeah. Like like Steam first party store does because that's always it solves a lot of things. But yeah, the the hilarious bullshit tech support forum thing of someone saying, "Is this on Steam?" Then one helpful person always says, "Well, you can just add it as local game." Right. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, just that level of sort of like, like earth changing. Yeah. Just rethinking fundamentally. Yeah. How just fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. Changing because so Which much about the digital relatively recent. Well, just because innovation. you can never imagine Apple being like, you know what? iTunes now is just going to be an API and you just sell your music from Chris Remo's hot jams dot biz Registered by Hover. Wait, fuck. <laughs> Sponsoring us. Yeah. Um, you know, and then all of the, all the hosting, all the transmission, all of the payments, everything would just be done by the Apple API, like the iTunes API. You can't imagine Apple wanting to do that. No. This is not going to happen. Well, they don't even sell their, their operating system. Non- right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. Just, it's, it's mind-blowing to think that that is the kind of the, the corporate culture of Valve because they they can see why that makes so much logical sense, and there's nobody telling them, actually, no, let's hold on to this for you know, yeah. corporate reasons. Yeah, and that's yeah, kind of well, what he talked about. And he early opened up by talk. talking about how, yeah, how advantageous it is that Valve is not a publicly traded company, right? But they never have those quarterly shareholder meetings where someone's saying, "Oh, I don't know about that." Right. I don't know. It was a really illuminating talk. Mm-hmm. It was intimidating. Jake, that was like what the IM that I got from you. Like, man, that was kind of it's kind of intimidating. I don't know about this. Well. Yeah. yeah, no, I was. Yeah, it was cool. Oh um, man. Also, him just losing his train of thought when the woman says, "Like, we need five minutes left." And he's I know. Like, oh, and he loses his train of thought for a while, it's... and he's like, "Um, so, so I bought a million dollar CNC machine because I wanted a hobby." <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <guy>? <laughs> it was just the best. Like, just cold seg ever oh it was so good i really really that was my favorite part of the whole talk i liked it a lot nah, it was cool we should maybe take a break sure. what yeah oh. it's okay the podcast will still be here after the break i'm just not we're not gonna baby wall you sean <laughs> <laughs> jake we gotta get out of the room and lock the door i have this theory that joe montana would be a mediocre quarterback if he played today He's old. No, I. Hmm. <laughs> you mean Joe Montana in his prime? Sorry. Of course, I mean Joe Montana. I have this theory that a 52 year old Joe Montana wouldn't be great in the NFL. I mean, call me crazy. He's probably he'd be okay. No, he would be terrible. He'd be okay for like 30 seconds when everyone cheered for him. Then he'd be fucking ruined. You get that. You get that moment. You mean he would be though. emotionally okay? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. I would be excited to see him walk out there, and then he'd get wrecked and be bad at it. I'm not talking about <laughs> his mental state. I'm talking about his performance on the field. Oh, see, during playtime. Here's the problem. You're talking to me and Chris about this. I'm talking to you. I don't care. Chris about is on Joe the computer. Montana. You're a son of these hills. I thought it was cool that Joe Montana was a person who I knew existed when I, I was knew a what kid. You meant, Sean. Thanks, Chris. Who's to say? Maybe he'd maybe he'd show all these new youngins with his old school <laughs> tricks. Well, you're the, right. In, in maybe movie, he would be the, the story of a this, PG film. That, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, even in the '90s Disney PG okay. version of this, that would be what happened. What, an '80s Joe Montana? 
Late 80s? Early 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. If there's the movie where that Joe Montana gets time warped into the well, future. You know, it's all 80s, actually. You're right. And then he's just bewildered by our crazy ways and he looks at the game of football <laughs> and is like, this isn't the game that I played. But that then, movie's but then still showed, got a fucking montage where he shows people oh, some tricks. Yeah. I mean, if there's well, like that's also where he inspires people. Okay, yeah, with, to, with good the good old classic values ideals. of the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if he's playing basically the football, whatever football was in, in Starship Troopers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's remember this, that no, but it's fucking, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm that's saying not, that's not real. That's you don't even need, you don't even need not, to go that well, far. I'm, you're saying, I'm about. saying eighties Joe Montana comes to now and he's like, what is this crazy? television that you hold in your hand that has a phone inside of it <laughs> what's all this bullshit what are these weird cameras flying all over the top of the they'd be like field? oh they're cameras on strings on tv i see those <laughs> lines be drawn so on the flabbergasted. but in real life those lines aren't there is john madden drawing all of them with his pen like that's what joe montana you really it's like, you really understand i think joe yeah. montana would show up in 2013 and go oh there's a black president crazy and that's it that is the totality this black man doing in the white house <laughs> that is the totality of his surprise no he in the movie version he's bewildered as fuck by all of these changes and then he still teaches you down home football yeah, we're, even though it's only been like yeah. 17 wins hey, the game we're still yeah. talking about the pg disney version of this you realize yeah. but it's he clearly been, would be flabbergasted by all he would not mention that our president is black bullshit. in the disney movie that's true <laughs> he would not in that version he wouldn't no he would just be flabbergasted by all the crazy technology and how we've lost the spirit of And then he'd meet like a lady time. who works who like has a blog and he'd be confused about what a blog is. She yeah. uploads YouTube videos. Yeah, but she would show him like she would upload a, a Yeah, there's a montage of him like shooting him. selfies. Yeah. And then anyway, he'd be bad at football. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear the word selfie until like a month ago. I think I told it to you. I didn't know that was the fucking a thing. We want to thank Audible for sponsoring this episode. And you, dear reader, can go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard and get a free audiobook for signing up. Uh, I think it's a 30-day 30 30 trial. It is, but, in fact, um, a 30-day trial. I'm an Audible subscriber, and it's good. Read anything? I'm sorry. Listened to anything <laughs> good on audiblepodcast.com slash wizard recently? <laughs> it's totally off topic for an idle thumbs, but I really like listening to Anthony Bourdain's books on oh, there. A lot. I be, does he read them himself? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that would be really and good. And it's it makes you actually appreciate his show because he writes mm. he's a wonderful writer. No, he is. He's got a really good way with words. His adjectives and him good friends. <laughs> he's very Unlike good with Sean Vatterman. He's very good <laughs> with adjectives. Something I am not at all. Uh but it almost reads like a, like a really more like a more intimate episode of one of of no reservations or his new show or whatever but yeah go to audiblepodcast.com/wizard check out kitchen confidential by anthony bourdain that is my recommend it's very good yeah. it's really really good unabridged it's fantastic write in if you can recommend an audiobook that you think is particularly well read audiblepodcast.com/wizard video Chris, yeah. I alluded to this on my Twitter feed earlier, but I wanted to share something really wonderful with you. Mm-hmm. Also, game development tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were trying to rename a character that got named in this thing we're doing <laughs> because we were like, that's a fucking stupid name. So I said, we should name every character in this thing we're doing after a presidential pet. Oh, I saw the... <laughs> F- the FDR's dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FDR had a dog named President. 
No, they get so much better. What, the Washington one? No, 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 no. That's yeah, the, the Hoover, one from Nels. Herbert Hoover is Hold on, one. I'll just throw out some fucking gems here. <laughs> just some real gems. I think it was. I think this is well known, but LBJ, in classic LBJ fashion, just had two beagles named him and her. <laughs> just uh, fucking so LBJ. Yeah, fucking perfect. <laughs> The thing that, oh, this is what killed me, though. So they had a lot of dogs in the LBJ White House. <laughs> they had him and her, which is just unstoppable. Yeah. But then also on Wikipedia here, they have like a dash and then the breed. Mm-hmm. So it's him and her, Beagles. Edgar, Beagle. Blanco, White Collie. Freckles, Beagle. Yuki, Mongrel Dog. <laughs> oh, man. What? Yeah. And then they had uh, hamsters and lovebirds. Moving on, there's one that's just unstoppable. <laughs> Hold on, let me do the her. There's two that are good. Well, but no, no, no I want to do Hoover, like- and then I want to do the next president. But I don't want to say who the president is because it'll kill the, it'll kill it. <laughs> Hoover, I think, probably has an aggregate. And oh, first off, I need to be clear that I haven't gone through all presidents. Uh, sure, sure, fair enough. All right, but this is Obama's got a long. He's got a lot to make up. Bo is. Well, he's got one, right? I know, Bo, but. Yeah. Compared to her good friend. That's my point. I agree with you. And the only thing that's funnier. Okay, goddammit. Okay. (laughs) uh, I'm tripping over myself. I'm tripping over myself. Because it's his initials? Like, is that what that is? I don't know, but it's kind of not. It's weird. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yeah, It's actually spelled B H O. Oh. Yes. (laughs) What are we doing right now? Thanks, Jake. (laughs) Jake's helping. I'm not on this podcast. It's fine. This isn't on the podcast. Um, Nothing's on the podcast. Herbert Hoover. These are really good. It's actually behind. I'm gonna only just for just for effect. I'm gonna I'm gonna flop the bottom. They're in some sort of order. Maybe in, who knows? They're not alphabetical. He had a Belgian shepherd Wait, named who's this? Who's this? Herbert, Herbert Hoover. Okay, Hoover. Yeah. Uh, had a Belgian shepherd named King Tut. All right. German shepherd named Pat. Big Ben and Sunny. Glenn the Scotch Collie. Yukonon, the Eskimo dog. Patrick, the Irish wolfhound. Ouija, the Norwegian elk hound. And Eaglehurst Gillette, a setter. <laughs> oh, man. Also, two unnamed crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the country is just living in a cardboard box. <laughs> It's unfucking believable to God. me. The ostentatious nature of two crocodiles. <laughs> but also, come here, Eaglehurst. Eaglehurst Gillette. Gillette. <laughs> well, especially Some of this like, caviar has fallen on the ground. Other completely unremarkable <laughs> yeah. names. Yeah, I got Patrick, Eaglehurst Gillette. Oh, and my two unnamed crocodiles. <laughs> my you two? know who you are. <laughs> my two crocodiles. What are they named? I haven't named them. The crocodile <laughs> one, the and the other crocodile. <laughs> So then we were just running through them and I was just throwing out names like George W. Bush had he's all right. Yeah, George W. Bush has had a a spaniel named after a baseball player, named after Scott Fletcher. It was named Spot Fetcher. Sounds like a Bush. Yeah, name. right? Yeah, That's yeah. That's just what he does. <laughs> so I was just running through them and going backwards. Yeah. You know, everybody knows socks and Clinton. I was like, oh, oh like Lucky, Rex, Peggy. Oh, God. And <laughs> then I landed on Carter. Misty Malarkey Ying Yang. Siamese Cat. 
That was Carter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Misty Malarkey. Misty Malarkey Yang Yang. I don't know. She's Siamese. Yeah, what the fuck, Carter? <laughs> Mistakes were made. Can you imagine if just Barack Obama said, oh, we got Bo and Misty Malarkey Yang Yang. Siamese. Some, oh, whatever. Some, some oriental shit. cat. I don't know. Mongrel dog. <laughs> Yuki the mongrel dog. <laughs> Misty Marlarkey Ying Yang and Yuki the Mongrel Dog presents an age of tolerance. <laughs> what the fuck? God. <laughs> too bad that it's not Misty Malarkey Ying Yang. I don't know. Like the full name of that. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> you know. He added, stop naming the pet, all this stuff. <laughs> Dog's got papers. <laughs> all right. It's. Are you still building up? Oh, you, no, I'm done. Did you that's, see that? That's all the important ones. <laughs> you think that got something better than Misty Malarkey Ying Yang? Afraid not, friend. Video game. And we're. Uh, sorry, too much B-Bot. <laughs> too much B-Bot. Too much B-Bot. Too much B-Bot. Oh, we're back. I guess. Hey, John. Welcome back. What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> what? While I was gone the last week, I played. Uh, well, I played it because um, of I, the IGF, but I played it like I actually like sat down and like like I feel like I played it like a consumer. Oh, what did you play? One of these Sorry, games you're gonna uh, tell us what you played. Oh, Little Inferno. I played it on my oh, iPad. Okay. <laughs> I, it came out on iPad last week, uh, maybe two weeks ago, but it's now it's featured, so it feels like now it's out. But I downloaded it and played it for like three hours with my wife. We we're obsessed. Huh? Do you so- know the nature of this game? No, in fact, that was going to be the question that I was going to ask you is what is oh. this? This is so weird because I remember seeing a trailer for this game because it was like, oh, it's Kyle. Uh, it's Kyle Gabler, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like Kyle Gabler. Kyle Gabler's new, three... <laughs> new game. <laughs> and, and so, Are there know, rats wherever that guy is? Trouble cool. <laughs> there are rats here. Carl <laughs> Gabler's game. <laughs> It's so scary. Yeah. If you love, but like, I, but I saw the trailer games. and I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, like there's a guy clicking a thing and yeah, maybe it lights even, on fire. Admittedly, like, yeah. Sean, you tried to, to show me this game. You're like, look, you can put a thing near a thing and it burns. And I'm like, what is this? Because like, <laughs> World of Goo is like, it's an, a, no, it's, World of Goo has it's a, very a really World of Goo is like, yeah. it's a very like visually concrete. If objective. you like physics, this game does not have a concrete objective. This game, you set a toaster near an oven and then Yes, <laughs> you set a toaster near uh, near a stove, and then a baby with a fork comes in, and you just no, there is a fucking murder toaster in this thing. You set a toaster on fire, and toast come flying out, and then die screaming in a fire. It's fucking dark. No, Wait, this game toast is weird. Dies? What does that even mean? There's some. Everything there's has some, cute faces. Some is not everything. Su- there's a few things that have cute faces. Not well, everything. Even play the game. If you like, <laughs> don't you dare. There's faces on all sorts of shit. World of Goo had faces everywhere. This so game has faces, faces everywhere. So there's faces on the toast, but not the toaster. Correct. Yeah. Okay. If you like the sort of general face theme of World of Goo, though, you'll find you'll find that theme carries over. Also, the, so bad for the World of Goo guys because I'm never going to tell you what this game is. Also, the font in using this game is from World of Goo. Right? It wasn't like Ron Carmel didn't work on this, did he? I don't know. It's three dudes, three people made it. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same guys though. It's Go not, you to the internet. Not, um, it's not it's listed not 2D as Two D Boy. Yeah. No, it's the Tomorrow Corporation. This so okay, so what do you what is you actually do in this game? Well, my experience, my experience with Little Inferno was sit down, not know what to do, burn mm-hmm. some stuff, enter a fugue state, two hours later go, oh God, I haven't done any work today. 
and then keep playing. So, the game. are you basically no. telling me it's going to be impossible? Because I believe actually, you. You'll you really said like it. So the game is the game is sort of. I believe that the game is something that I like in this instance. I don't think I think there are other versions of it that aren't that could be very poorly done. But the game you just stopped your explanation right there. <laughs> the thing is, is I explain things in, a, in an order that is reversed to the way you explain things. So I always feel like I have you on tenterhooks and I should just walk out of the room. Halfway through. Well, I like that. You said, so the game is the game is the game is. I should not be on this podcast. The game is. And then we were just done. <laughs> God. But 40 it's, minutes of white noise. Like buying the, the game. File ends. <laughs> Buying the game is the equivalent, like you're, of God, you're bu- going even a step back to, <laughs> of buying. So a- first, learning about video games. <laughs> so it's worth pointing out that you got an iPad this week. <laughs> yeah, I did. The thing's magical. Now let me tell you about the, uh, three the years Apple to say Store that. experience uh, when I when I purchased this item. Jake was there. I just held it for like a solid oh ten count. I held my I held this thing in the box for a solid ten count. And then my only just, the, the last are the last words right the now. last words I had you were like tw- twenty feet away from me the last words I had with the guy who the guy in the, the blue shirt was is little inferno available for this no was holding it in just solid twenty count oh fuck it and then I just gave him my credit card I think the only last words he heard me say once I decided to make the transaction transaction were just oh fuck it and then I walked out with that's it. probably like twenty percent of people who buy an iPad. Yeah, that makes right. up probably seven billion of, I, of yeah. all yeah, Apple yeah. sales. Yeah. Uh, God, sorry, I didn't even mean to talk about that, but I've been trying to like egg you on into yeah, other no, conversations. About me. Like, I was just about to say, oh, because then. So like, I woke up that morning and I was thinking about going to the Apple store when I bought my bed when I was born. <laughs> Earth spore. <laughs> this will pay, like zoom out to Will Wright's snow globe, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's playing Little Inferno. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like, I think I've described the yeah, game. It seems all the way back to Wright saying it's really hard to explain what this game is about. <laughs> no, but like you buy, the you game. burn something, <laughs> you buy the game. And God, it zooms out to Wright's snow globe, and then he touches the screen and creates procedural fire and lights the snow globe on fire. <laughs> the googly-eyed snowball. Yeah. <laughs> snow this is the podcast where we lost all the Sean Elliott readers. <laughs> that yeah, big right, Elliott bump. Yeah. Oh, fucking I gone. really liked. Sean Elliott, just how just intelligent, intelligent he so is, smart. and talk about like booty clappers. <laughs> what is the opposite of all of those things? <laughs> this fucking discussion. I think that there's a decent booty clapper baby wall. I think it's crossover. got a crossover audience. Is yeah. right. the, the booty clapper. Actually, the, the baby, baby wall. wall is, baby wall is something Sean Elliott would post a JPEG of on his Twitter feed. I don't know what that is exactly, but that seems like a thing that he would a gross thing that he would he would produce. Take that, Sean Elliott. It's Twitter feed. So, what's this game about? The game is you have bought a fireplace called the Little Inferno Entertainment Fireplace, and the game presupposes that you are a child, and as a toy, you will just burn all your things. Okay. So, it gives you a thing, it sends you a note, and some, like, you have a neighbor who sends you mail, you can burn that. You can burn all your toys. You get you can buy catalogs to order toys that you burn. And then as the game goes on, there's sort of a through-thread narrative that you're sort of li- living in a post-global warming horrible society where your entire way of both entertainment and subsistence is to 
continue to buy catalogs, to buy toys that you burn, that produce money, to buy new objects that you can burn to keep yourself warm. There's a little commentary on microtransactions and game <laughs> right. purchases. The problem going on. is, I hate th- that. The like, entire loop on of this paper, game. The entire loop paper. of this game is earn money by burning things to buy things to burn. And right. The, but then the burning. So it's just cow clicker, but with right. It's very, I was going to bring up the ghosts. Cow. The clicker. burning is this like ghost, really ghost. beautifully done like multi-touch thing where when you touch it's not multi-touch. Oh, it's single touch. It's single wow. touch because yeah, it was originally. Oh not, right, when you uh, touch iPad. the screen. Just really amazingly beautiful simulated stylized particle flames come out of it. So you just are sort of playing with flames. And also the physics of the fire. You can get like fans that blow the fire and suck the fire around. (laughs) It's like you can buy a small moon that creates its own gravity that makes all the things in your fireplace adhere to the moon. Yeah. But the thing is, is those mechanics are novelty. Right. They're not on the service of solving a puzzle. Yeah, right. But there is sort of a combo list of just essentially puns where it'll be like, oh, I can't even think of one, but LOL kitty. And then if you burn a toy kitty and a camera at the same time, the camera will take a photo of the kitty and you'll get a combo and some extra coins and stuff will come out. I mean, will you see a photograph of like a charred cat? Uh, I can't remember the photo. No. Charred cat is a different All name. the art is incredibly well done for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And the the game just succeeds fucking wholesale across the board. Like, obviously, you pick up on, like, you start talking about it. You're like, oh, it's a commentary but all these different things. It succeeds at the commentary. It's incredibly engaging. You keep playing it. And then, the co- like, trying to remember, you get this library of things in your catalog of all these things you can order. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you have, you know, like, a hundred things and right. more catalogs. It's probably, I don't know how many things it goes up to. But, again, it gives you two words. Like, LOL Kitty was the one that came to my brain right then. So you're looking at these catalogs and what do I combine to make that gag? And then that was what became almost adventure game-like in the funness of it, sitting there Mm -hmm. with my wife. She's like, no, I think we have like marshmallows or something. I think we were looking for like a food one. Like, don't we have somewhere? Can't we buy this? So we're sitting there just rapidly expending money, burning shit, getting more money. That didn't work. But then there's also when you buy something, it's mailed to you. Everything in your catalog takes comes from a different area on the earth. Essentially, it doesn't actually say that, but it takes longer to get to you than something. Something five seconds. Some some things take two minutes, and you'll just find yourself staring at the game for two minutes. But then you can spend stamps to get it there instantly. So it's all of these tropes of like you know Facebook games and casual games. And uh, microtransaction games boil down to a single player experience, but it's just remarkably effective. Like it's, and it's also probably one of the, if not the most polished game in the IGF. It was really, it's incredibly well polished. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I felt like this year was, um, uh, you know, I, you know, for, because I was in it, I wasn't allowed to be a judge, but like it seemed from the outside to me just looking at the games people were talking about in the IGF it seemed like more games in the IGF this year than usual were actually like finished. Yeah, no, it is the most game. polished. It's the most polished year of the IGF is that I can, I, I mean, I've been pretty on the fringes of IGF, I think for a few years, but between FTL and Kentucky route zero and cart life, cart life, 30 flights of loving. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm this. only not throwing gone home in there just because Steve's not done. It's not done. Yeah. But 
Little Inferno. This is definitely the one that is just. That's, I mean, you should play it on your iPad too. I mean, I have the newest iPad, obviously, because it's got it. So the performance is wonderful. I don't. I can't imagine. I don't know where it starts to degrade. Yeah, you know, sure, that's kind of the, sure. the deal with yeah. Apple products and iOS titles. But I don't know. It's a good game. That's like really play it with a friend. It's really it's one of those games. Just play with. It's like the cave. Like play with a friend. Like you're gonna have a better experience, yeah, even yeah. though. I somehow just disintegrated two hours right. of my well, of my yeah, Tuesday yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had seen, I'd played the game in the IGF, obviously. Um, but I think I was, I was in that sort of judging mode. Of mm-hmm. Like, what is this about? What do I think about this? Sure. What is it saying? Yeah. And I didn't want to, you didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel compelled to talk about it on the podcast. Like getting yourself carried away for several hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, and also maybe because I played it on iPad. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it's just felt suited to it. Yeah. It feels really suited to the pad. For That's sure. Cool. Yeah, I played Antichamber. Yeah, I got. I'm apparently halfway through. I'm guessing because I reached a message in the game that said halfway through is halfway done or something. But like, <laughs> I don't even know what that. Like, there are so many just weird little messages that you encounter in that game that I don't even know if I just the nature of this game is. I don't know if I trust that to mean what it says right. it means. Right. Like, what is Antichamber? Sorry. So, so Antichamber is... Wait, so let me hear about the time you bought your iPad. Um, so Antichamber <laughs> uses the Unreal Engine, which was first used in Unreal 1. Oh, in Unreal. In, yeah, in Unreal in the 90s. Uh, that was, was, that a a compu- was that a computer game? Epic, they're not called Epic Games, so they were called Epic Mega Games. Oh. Um, they made Jazz Jackrabbit. Right. Uh, Clifford Blazinski was until recently a member of that company. I thought he left and came back, actually. Oh, did he come back already? I thought he couldn't stay away. I thought he left like three months ago. I thought he it came was longer back. than that. Okay. We can neither confirm nor deny the pl- the presence of Cliff Blazinski. Clifford B. Mm-hmm. Some call him. Anyway, so Antichamber is a game that has been in development for years by I think just one guy. It actually won one of those Make Something Unreal mod contests. Like years ago, I think. Um, Judged probably by Cliff E.B. Probably. Um, and it's basically a first person kind of puzzle puzzle game, I guess. You, you, you navigate environments and there are challenges you have to overcome. But it's not like people compare it to Portal a lot. But it's not really like Portal because Portal is built on specific mechanics that build that a stack. little bit every level. Yeah, yeah they stack. And you gain fluency with them that grow over time. And that's really not what Antichamber is. Like, um, did you guys read the Phantom Tollbooth when you were kids? Yes. It didn't. I don't remember it, but, but yeah. I, oh, man. Not, really? It's not sticking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll still make this comparison, but hopefully readers have a better sense of what I mean. Like, the Phantom Tollbooth is, um, just for the benefit of you guys, like, it, it's about this kid who ends up in this crazy land where everything is, like, bonkers and a lot of it's based on like linguistic puns right and and stuff like that and like i feel like i mean i I wouldn't compare these two things qualitatively in the same way but just in super general sense kind Mm -hmm. of what um uh the phantom tollbooth does with language i kind of feel like is what antichamber does with level design Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's constantly asking you to question assumptions right um about just the fundamental way things are constructed so when you work on um especially first person games you constantly are doing player testing um, because you want like actually this is the thing that Gabe Newell talked about a lot in that thing you know mm-hmm. I mean anyone who's ever you know on Bioshock Infinite same thing like any anyone who's ever worked on a first person game knows um, you you the player's view is so constrained mm-hmm. that you can never assume they're going to see a thing that you 
just put into your level somewhere. Right. Like you, you have to. So games like Half Life, especially, are super, super built around like directing line of sight and like drawing attention to important places and like making things as obvious as possible. Like you can never make things too obvious. People are still going to miss things. And so players of first-person games, I think, are really conditioned to kind of being guided in really subtle ways that they don't even they're not even consciously aware of. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about Antichamber is that it completely dispenses with all of that. Like you it absolutely require it like completely demands that the player do all of that work him or herself and more besides. Like just um it's hard to explain without spoiling stuff, I guess, but you constantly need to be like checking around you. Even if you just walk through a hallway, if you turn around, that hallway might be different than it was when you walked right. through it. Like, What's the first puzzle you solved in the game? Oh, God, I can't remember. I think it was like walking across a gap and like holding shift to walk slowly across it, uh, what appears to be a completely open gap rather than like trying to run or jump across it. Like kind of leap of faith from Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Exactly, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, there's just stuff like that throughout the game. And the thing, the reason I bring a... I, I, um, I think it's absolutely not like Portal is that none of those things are based on like fundamental properties of physics or the world. Right. They're completely arbitrary. And you're not carrying that knowledge forward to be like, oh, I did that this time there. Therefore, there that's is, how I always yeah, do it. There is some of that, but okay. it's never going to be how I always do it. It's right. always going to be like, oh, right. I remember that one time I did this. Right. So, so maybe that, I need to sign up. This is the sort of thing this game would do. Is yeah. The kind of yeah. Thing you that, start yeah. to you start to like try not even try but almost you like end a crossword or putting something yourself you start to learn and, those yeah those yeah those rules, weird yeah. little oh this word comes up a lot because right. it's got these vowels right. in it um stuff like that it's but it's really interesting um because it is it's just entirely about questioning game assumptions like you're that's great you know there's like a very expedient way to play first person games where you can mm-hmm. kind of run through things and take the path of least resistance all the time you can just never do that in this game ever like you constantly have to be rethinking the way you're exploring the environment you're in because you'll just miss things left and right mm-hmm. and that'll just keep you from progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really it's really cool. I mean it's also kind of frustrating. Um, but it but it's frustrating in a way that I feel is is legitimate because it's it's only frustrating because I can't just bullshit my way through it like you can almost every right. first-person game. You know, like, you can't just mash your way through this game. You have to really consciously do things. In a, and it, it, can you die? Um, I, I've never died. I don't okay. Know. Maybe you can later. There might be other things. That right, right. I don't know. Um, but there, there, there's also a time limit that just counts down. I don't know. It's, it's really weird. And it got to zero in mind and nothing happened. So I don't know what that what? means. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's just shit in this game that I don't entirely know what it means still. Um, but, uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. I can, I, I don't know. It's the kind of game that's also very, because it's all this, this is a problem adventure games have too, because everything is discreetly authored. Mm-hmm. It's entirely possible to just have a puzzle that's just less good. Right. You know, like it's not like a system where it's like, oh, the system is tuned well. So even when the level design is not right. quite as good, the system is still fun to interact with. Right. Like, you know, there are moments in this game that are just less yeah. good because like they're just finicky in a way that isn't illuminating. Mm-hmm. It's just finicky and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that those are minor things. Like the game generally mm-hmm. is fascinating and, and, uh, and very atypical. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the thing I wanted to bring up actually, something that I've, I've, I've never really actually thought is all that cool in games. Um, Super Mario Galaxy, which is a game I otherwise love. I mean, I love that game. 
But there are, there's a thing in that game where you're walking along and the ground will just appear beneath you as you walk. You know, like a blocks mm-hmm. will just yeah. put themselves. That's a, a, a number of games have done that over the years. And I've always found it a really disappointing thing because it always just ends up being a regular old walkway that just ha- like there's never it's just kind of a gimmick. It's not nothing substantial. But it always feels like a theoretically promising thing. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of stuff in antechamber that is similar to that, but is reliant. You are fulfilled. Yeah. It's, it's delivers I, mechanically on its own. It's yeah. not, it's not even mechanically in all cases. It's just more novel because when it happens, you're like, Oh, you know, there's like a moment of realization mm-hmm. or a moment of surprise. Like you'll fall through a floor suddenly and mm-hmm. like what, what? <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. just, the game is constantly throwing weird things at you that feel like they're there because someone decided it for a reason even mm-hmm. if you're not necessarily sure why like no architect in reality would ever do this but mm-hmm. like in the context of just this crazy virtual space mm-hmm. uh you know it's 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 novel and interesting and cool yeah i'd recommend this game sweet did you play on finish swan on ps3 um no i didn't yeah i've only played like i played it in, in the levels. i think i played the igf build years and years ago when it was yeah. like almost nothing Oh, it's cool now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it was still, it's like $15 it was still cool on PSN. Back then, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really, really evocative. And mm-hmm. so this is it, the game it's where, completely you're, opposite. where you're like, you're throwing paint. You're exposing, yeah, you're throwing, illuminating the you're geometry. All, it's like yeah. exposing the Yeah, you're in a monochrome geometry. world and you're basically throwing paint to create negative color so yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. the geometry, to reveal the geometry. But the yeah. geometry is there. Right, no, So I, know, I was talking yeah. to the producer of the game. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, so you could just get through this game with ever, ever pulling the trigger right yeah if you and know where like, everything yeah, is yeah he's like, yeah we tried yeah. to that as a as a achievement yeah and then realized There's like two okay possible. we'll do five you can get through a level if you get through it with five oh, shots okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. then right. that, that's that's the lowest yeah. you know there's no achievement for zero yeah but i mean there's really no it's mechanically the complete opposite it's mechanically more like portal you know this is your, your one mechanic and this is how you're gonna get through it mm-hmm. you just have to find these objects yeah uh but and it's a beautiful beautiful game but aesthetically, looking at the antechamber, like the moment you just see a white hallway with like a singular color, right? Like, yeah, I, it brought me back to that game. Yeah, yeah. But I was just curious if you played it and what you thought about it. Oh, well, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's great. You know, I really, really, really yeah. think it's a treasure. Um, <sighs> but it's definitely like it bummed me out that it was PS3 exclusive. That's the reason I didn't play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> I just didn't have access to PS3 exactly. I mean, I mean, that's I was I was thinking about this recently, like just because so many. Like, Sony's clearly shown that for PSN, they'll fund the bonkers shit. Yeah. But I also don't know how well that works out for the developer. It seems, like, not great. Not as well as if they did fine on Steam. Yeah, you know. Almost certainly, right? Like, we just know, we've seen, we've heard enough of those stories from developers. Unfinished Swan would have. That we know that's probably the case. Done Dear Esther numbers on Steam and been great and been fine. Like, Dear Esther sold, like, what, 200 and something in the first week it was out? Yeah. If unfinished swan had done that those guys would be stoked so it's one of those things right where you're like pleased that these games exist and that sony's paying for them to get made like i'm throwing unfinished swan in there with pretty much all of the that game company titles maybe even tokyo jungle um got early on when the ps3 came out like calling all cars then <laughs> jeff, jeff did yeah, yeah. So, like i love that those games exist but i like the pixel junk stuff yeah yeah de- definitely the pixel junk stuff but it's, it almost feels like it's like well, killing that stuff long term. At this point, 
well, you're, in the yeah, landscape you're of in a box, they, they just they feel like yeah. a box that's going to sit there forever. First, party, right, but then those teams like, are just gone. Those people yeah. are just going to get jobs. It is, it is really weird. And I, I mean, there's I'm sure there are people in the world for whom that is not the feeling. But at this point, it just yeah, it just feels like those games are trapped forever. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. JP it, calls it Sony Jail. Yeah. It will. But I mean, also Microsoft Jail exists. Microsoft Jail is also not a, iOS Jail exists. More. Yeah. They definitely do. Not as. But does Apple really? I feel like do exclusive. No, I guess I guess it's it's yeah. Apple. Apple doesn't do it. Developers just choose to. Whereas right. I guess okay, with that's, Sony, that's different like, though. That's not first the same. party because yeah, I guess Microsoft often By, their the first party stuff ends up going out on PC. The, the Microsoft yeah. seems to be more about timed exclusives. Yep. Whereas yeah. Whereas Sony seems to be more into just lock you in forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or something. Sony seems like Supermax and like. Supermax? Supermax like prisons. prisons. Oh. Like that one out in Colorado. Yeah. They just like you never see another person for the rest of your life. Doors open and close automatically. Fucking freaky. Jesus Christ. And then like Xbox is like like white collar jail. <laughs> <laughs> you can still conduct your business. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Conjugal visits exist. <laughs> but I don't know. It really it really bums me out, especially when I meet like it's a lot of like young LA developers, especially it feels like I mean I'm again I'm just bottling up like that game company and also the unfinished one guys who just have incredible talent and a lot of vim and vigor seem to get that's like their first deal and the game sort of just oh well then you get really weird stuff like skulls of the shogun which is a game i really want to play yeah same here but the pc version is exclusive to windows 8 that's like, a classic not, Microsoft move, though. I'm not going to get Windows That's 8. like, was no, it the no, Shadowrun no, no. game that required Vista? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft, they love doing that. That's like, that's, like, what my, I, I don't know. That shit is just, is just baffling to me. I just don't get it. Yeah. That game looks good, though. No, it, it looks, I, I played it years ago at a, like, before it was out, and it was cool. And I want to play it, and I want to play it on PC with a mouse, but mm. I, it's, I'm not going to get that operating system anytime soon, so I don't yeah. know. I don't have any plans to buy it ever. I don't have to. So. Anyway. Reader mail? Reader mail? Yeah. So readers. Let's do some reader mail from you as a readers. Why is that what happened just now? <laughs> I don't know. Sean started to do it. If you're going to retire Phaedrus for a minute, we got to bring back German voice. <laughs> Gavin Lane says, fundamentally unlovable video game characters. Um, high thumbs. Um... <laughs> this guy found this guy recently found our podcast and it's currently working backwards <laughs> he's at episode 76 he says i'm really looking forward to rediscovering to discovering the secret about who this reviled nick brecken actually is that's funny anyway so never gonna get this, this reader mail also that's true he'll hear this reader mail like a year from now yeah but that's fine so he says i saw a wii u demo station this morning being hogged by a man surrounded by small children <laughs> it was my first time seeing the console running like and, and though <laughs> Though I wasn't a fan of the new Super Mario Brothers games, it was surprisingly beautiful. And if I owned the system, I'd consider getting the Mario game just just for the high def and the rich colors. The guy then started the Rayman demo, and although equally eye-catching, I immediately switched it off. I could... Oh, man. I immediately switched off, he says. I I was thinking of him immediately. Just, <laughs> just walked over. You're done, sir. Let these little kids complain now. <laughs> anyway, he says, I could see Ubisoft had lavish time and love on the art direction, but I couldn't shake the problem I've had since I first saw the character. I find Rayman fundamentally unlikable. Pondering further, I find it difficult. Oh, you mean objectively bad? Yeah. Thanks. Delicious dish. Pondering <laughs> further, I find it very difficult to say exactly why I dislike him so much. It's strange that I have an affection for Mario, a blank canvas character essentially evolved from pixels, but uh, but an active contempt for Rayman in spite of the acclaim his recent games have enjoyed. Are there any video game characters you fundamentally dislike for whatever reason and do think you've 
And do you think you've missed out on any great experiences because you can't get excited about a certain character? P- thanks, Gavin. P.S. is key. P.S. Sean and Jake sound very similar to my New Year's, and it's hard to decipher who's who. Chris sounds like Steven Spielberg. Okay. Well, there you I don't go. actually know what Steven Spielberg sounds like. Oh, like, like you. If I look like oh. Big Bird, you sound like Steven Spielberg. By which I'm saying neither of those things <laughs> I, is true. I understand what you're saying. So yeah, I, I like this, this is, yeah. I like this point about Rayman because I don't I don't have like a you know I don't have a fundamental hatred of Rayman, but I can understand why <laughs> it's been really hard for would. me to ever get into the Rayman games because yeah, Rayman is yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, but like you don't like him? No, he's weird. Where's his body? He's a weird guy. You mean where are her limbs? Where's his, his limbs? body's right there? He's got the, well. There's a body. He doesn't have middle. the connecting bits. He doesn't have well, forearms it's funny and shit like that. Well, he says paraplegic Mario, has got, a body. He's, he's got, got he talks gloves. About how Mario he's got, evolved he's got from a, pixels. He's got a like a trunk. Yeah, he's got a torso. It's, yeah, this Rayman. He doesn't slum. have. He doesn't have from shoulder to right. wrist. Which I'm sure is because they wanted a guy to look like a wacky, articulated guy who could move, but they didn't want the connect. No, the connective part's hard. It's because the guy who designed Rayman is also the dude who designed the Arby's oven mitt. <laughs> All right. That's true. It's obsessed with his articulating white hands, <laughs> not attached to anything. Like Mickey Mouse? Oh, wait, no. Not no, I mean, I think has, it's, He's got hose arms. Yeah. I think it's interesting that the guy talks about Mario being a character who was built out of necessity and then discounting Rayman fully as being just an arbitrarily designed character who's off-putting. But I think Rayman was yeah, also designed the way he is out of necessity. Yeah. But and he, he's think, also a fucking freaky. Yeah, I don't think yeah, the guy cares I mean, about that part. It's yeah. sort of this weird blend of personal taste and how much control over that do you really have. Well, like, the thing that I don't... If, the, this guy's in his, if this guy's in his late 20s... Rayman's got that hair There's a lot stuff. of money spent to Ugh. make sure he liked Mario. You know what I mean? It's like you've been marketed Mario is for as long Mario as Mario is an appealing character. Mario There's no such thing Mar- as fundamentally appealing. We need to are, we need Yeah, to, but there are things that are more generally appealing. Mario to more was people. Mario was right. engineered to on yeah, average yeah, yeah. be more more appealing. Like, Rayman is made by a wacky French guy. Right, but the only reason things are fun I believe humbly so that the only reason things are more appealing to the masses is because for things like marketing and the zeitgeist Wait, so you don't think theoretically like in some alternate universe everyone thinks babies are cute not because they were yeah, marketed like you don't to. think think there are things that would become popular because more people i like have them. been married to my anthropologist wife for too long to subscribe to that worldview no but i'm she just she has broken me of I, it of the I, idea I'm, of fundamental but it's but it's also true that i i think it's probably true anyway i won't say it's definitely true but i think it's probably true that there are some marketing there are some commercial products that for whatever reason, be it like someone's really smart or just completely by luck, they happen upon certain properties that are just really tapped into a society's biases. Like that's the zeitgeist thing. Like, yeah. It's so hard to say because Mario has been sold and sold and repackaged and sold and sold and sold and sold and sold, and sold infin- like infinitely. Yeah, but he wasn't when the first game came out. Nintendo was nothing at the right, time. Right, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a guy standing in a Walmart looking at a Wii U. Of course, but but so why did Mario become like the very original Mario game when Nintendo was operating out of a warehouse, like with no fucking marketing budget? Well, at that why point, why did Mario become huge? Right, probably, but I don't think it probably has anything to do. With at that point, design. it's probably not his character design because at that point, Mario was that's true. An that's eight, a fair an, point. An eight by four grid or whatever. So like he just represented guy on that's screen. That's a fair point. I still I still would wager. And again, I'm going to go out like a little farther on the ground. The story of Mario is that they just based him on a, an actual dude who like came in to fix the plumbing. Oh, I place. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, no, that was that was the how they got the name. The character design was from Japan. I think the character the design of Mario Plumber was, was just from Nintendo of America. Like, but anyway, that doesn't matter. The like I would I would be willing to bet, given infinite money behind Mario or Rayman, you couldn't fucking make Rayman as appealing as if Mario. they started on day one. Yeah, if they started yeah. on day one, like they were literally like red versus blue. Yeah, like. Blue Tark. And I like think that's the case. I think a person who basically is like an actual person that you can look at and mm-hmm. see a person, I think is just going to be, is like, I can have an edge, some kind of edge over weird, disconnected Ray guy who isn't what an actual human is. It's a push in my book. I mean, I think it's there's a, a reason people write stories about humans and not weird Ray people for the most part. I think people can relate to people. Listen more in to Marches. Cosmic Comics reading on <laughs> the Idol Book Club. Yeah. But I mean, study of the universe that's as told from. marginal, right? Like, I mean, that's relatively speaking. <sighs> so now we're like, I don't know. Now we're into Joseph Campbell, like, you know, heroes. Like, we're going to start bringing it down. I'm being, there, no, but I'm being I mean? way more general than Hero's Journey. I'm just saying, right. just really generally speaking, just humans. Like, humans relate to humans, basically. So you think Raymond not having. His arms, his hands not being connected to his body is a problem. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I, think, think... I think Rayman's a less accessible thing just as a thing. If you showed... I, mean, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, in our... But I think it our, makes like, them, yeah. le- like, just have a lower threshold. Right, like, I'm not saying... Ceiling but I think that's just ceiling. a... Bi- yeah. Mm, I just think it's... I think if you show someone mm. a picture of Mario and a picture of Rayman and they have no context for anything, someone's going to look at Mario and say, that is a guy. Someone's going to look at Rayman and say, where is arms? We're booking flights to Papua New Guinea tonight <laughs> we're testing this out dear reader that's the only way to fucking solve this is we're going yep we're gonna and the, we're gonna go, we go there, the first thing some guy says is where are his arms we, we need- then i just go <laughs> and you say it's a push and then they kill you yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the only way to solve this yeah i don't know all video game characters look like shit so what do you want what, what was the question yeah but they all look like stupid human shit they're all stupid what? What about Viva Pinata? Accessible and successful. <laughs> Wasn't that the tagline? Yes. <laughs> was that a Connect game? What no, was it was no, an original was, Xbox launch was, title yeah. developed by Four Kids Entertainment, who made Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. No, it was developed by um, Four Kids. No, it wasn't. It was developed by Rare. No, no, no. no. The the IP was developed by Four oh, Kids. Okay, who developed the game Yu-Gi-Oh. was made by Rare, though. No, this was a crazy transmedia monolith they built a tv show they i know that no I know, I know they, they did, did. I know they get did. rare did the game yeah but four kids is the ones who that's right that was like it. a 360 launch daily yeah yeah that was supposed to be the thing that took over everything yeah. kids are supposed to like be dressed up as instead skylanders happened four years later yep i don't have any i literally have zero opinion about skylanders i just know that that's i play the, a lot of skylanders. that's the like transmedia thing that seems to have actually succeeded for kids entertainment not by four kids though Mm-hmm. it's toys for bob the people who made star control how weird is that yep. that's weird, so right? weird gotta pay those bills it's weird that whole thing is weird to me it's weird that it's made by toys for bob it's weird that it's skylander but it's also isn't it technically in spyro the dragon continuity yeah it's somehow related to spyro i think <laughs> yeah because yeah. i know a couple of my friends were doing audio on it and they kept calling it spyro and i was like well there's a new spyro game <laughs> and then the skylanders came out I was like oh yeah it's spyro like no you're a dad like this is clearly not what are you doing anyway spyro the dragon i think spyro is just fundamentally less appealing than, than skylanders <laughs> i don't fucking know anything about skylanders it's fundamentally appealing yeah to kids 
Four kids. Apparently it is. Jesus. It's, that thing is like off the charts. Next email. <laughs> we didn't answer that guy's question. Next fucking question. You're right. All right. Just cut it that middle up. Oh, it's the best. And this part also. All right. John Colendis says. It. Oh, fuck you. I was going to be bot right there. And it ruined the whole fucking thing for you. <laughs> you did anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh B-Bot. Weird. <laughs> Theremin. That's what he says. All right. John Colendis says, howdy thumbs. While listening to you guys talk about SimCity, something stuck out to me in your conversation. Each of you seemed excited to recreate parts of San Francisco in a virtual simulated space. I think that's a major part of the draw of many simulation games. My grandfather ran south of the Grand, uh, sorry, my grandfather ran the School of the Americas in Panama, and my mother was an army brat growing up in the Canal Zone. Tropical Four appeals to me because it gives me a chance to experience, to the degree that I can in that game, what it was like for my mother to grow up in a banana republic in the 1960s. If interested, I'll gladly shed what light I can on School of the Americas. For the military, it wasn't about training assassins and dictators, though my grandfather did directly train Manuel Noriega. Whoops. I played a lot of SimCity and SimCity 2000 growing up, but running a city in those games was, for me, as distant as managing a banana republic. And that's because I grew up in Houston. I live in a city without zoning laws. In the SimCity world, that means you just place roads, utilities, and all-purpose zone called build things. I'm not going to wax philosophical about my love for this weird city. But oh man, I've always wanted to build Houston in a game. I've tried and failed to recreate it in every sim game I've ever played. I want to play a sim city where the problems I solve aren't due to the placement of zones in 1836, but because an adult novelty store opened up a major location 20 feet from a megachurch and the congregation was angry. This happened. Or because a single rundown apartment from the 60s where I used to live is located right next to the biggest mall in Texas, a major hotel, and a high-rise oil company headquarters because we decided neighborhoods and boroughs are silly. Until then, I have to be satisfied running a virtual city. It's just not my city. John Colenda. Uh, postscript, I realized there wasn't a question in this and it read like a short column. So here's one. At least one reader must work on Dungeons and Dragons. Will that reader please sponsor Idle Thumbs so that they can use the URL wizards.com slash wizard. Thanks. That'd be good. Anyone work for Wizards of the Coast? That was a good email. Houston, Texas is horrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Take that, John Kalenda. I lived there for three years as a little kid. I couldn't handle the, the lack of zoning. We got the, <laughs> the second grade. People talking about SimCity in Reader Mail, it, we got a couple. The other one was the person who wrote in saying, uh, when I was a kid was playing the original SimCity. Oh, it's, um, sorry, it's from Christopher Wallace. And he wrote in saying, when I was a kid, I played the original SimCity a lot. And I realized that I had yeah, a, this is good. Yeah, a very solipsistic view of how cities work. I don't solipsistic. Know. solipsistic. I don't know how to pronounce words. I'm me. I don't play games or read or speak. Um, <laughs> Idle thumbs. <laughs> he said, I lived in about an hour outside of Philadelphia, so my perception of things like airports, stadiums, and amusement parks were that they were nebulously far away. So whenever I'd build these sorts of things in the game, I'd put them far away from my city. Oh, just a lone, long road connecting to the city for no me reason. Too. It never occurred to me until years later what a strange self-centering thing this was. Or self-centered, excuse me. I think that's solipsistic, but yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder how people's culture and living situation affects how they play SimCity or uh, other games that allow for similar amounts of self-expression. And the answer is Houston guy, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah. that's a good yeah. one-two punch there. Yeah, yeah. I like just uh, yeah. stadium is really far away, so you build one road to the edge of the map with a stadium. No, that's on totally. It. That's so yeah. funny. God, there was I an never, entire. That's exactly what I did growing up. That's in so SimCity, in the new SimCity, you actually that is that's kind of supported because it's, you're managing more more than one city at a time, which is great because then you can have right. you, you can, can have, have your weird residential <laughs> city where you grew up, and then you can have the big city that has uh, a stadium and a big building in it. Did you guys hear, um, did you guys listen to This American Life? There was a great episode. This week's episode was called Kid listen, Logic. And it's week's. all about just stuff like that. like that. It's really good. And the this email reminded me of one of the stories in it, which was this this girl was talking about how everyone on her block, like everyone who lived in her building when she was a little kid, 
was family members. It was like aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever. And everyone across the street was all family members, aunts, uncles. So she just grew up as a little kid until she was like six, just just assuming that like everyone who lives near you is your family, is related to you. And she was like, when I first got my tricycle, that was like the first time I could actually go somewhere myself, like not just be in the car with my parents, but like myself go. And like she went a block away and she was like, and I saw these this like white couple walking along and I'd never seen white people before. And I thought they were ghosts. <laughs> and I, and I called out to them and I, and I waved and I said, hello. And the guy was like, <coughs> and I was like, that must be how ghosts talk. <laughs> it was just an amazing thing of like extrapolating out, you know, like this very hyper localized idea of what the world is. And you just go a block away. And suddenly as a kid, you have no, like you have no precedent for like, what people do on the block over there. I don't know. That reminded me of this email. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a good episode of This American Life. They all are. Yeah. Just like Idle Thumbs. (laughs) (laughs) Also brought to you by Audible. This American Life, classic Audible-sponsored podcast. Oh, but... So I would say we're up there. I think we are. I think we're pretty much I wonder what people should visit if they're interested in that. Uh, Probably like audiblepodcast.com slash... American? Mm. No! <laughs> Don't do that. Don't ruin it. I'm sorry. They, have, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they, got all, they got all that NPR got money. NPR money. Oh, wait, so, no, I'm sorry. They're American public media? This stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> well, what should you do? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I hate this fucking podcast. Oh, it's over now. Bye. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everyone. Idlethumbs.net slash wizard. Now we have to put something there. Oh, no, just stop me. Video games. Chris, Chris decided to do yeah. something with his life. Anyway, I'm going to read this X-Men novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Chris is getting his PhD cheese. with Syracuse, and <laughs> Jake has now decided God, we, to do a two-hour special on Timothy Zahn. <laughs> the victim was found in his home. Uh, a USB thumb drive was found there containing the first 40 minutes of what appeared to be a podcast called Mega McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> it was worthless. The read bumper last week was nuts. What? That was just a Phaedrus thing? The read bumper. The, the, the music? The read music. Oh, the music? I, that's music from Receiver. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The thing about last I week's I call it the ad read bumper for what The it's thing worth. about last week's episode is if anyone hears that fucking madness and then actually plays Receiver for okay. 20 minutes, they're just going to go, the whole episode will immediately come into focus in a really It'll weird way. Mind its yeah. way. Yeah. You'll just go, <laughs> podcast. That's what that music, that's what that fader is, that's what that dateline, that's what that fucking video. That's why Steve. That's why Steve. Is on right now. I understand Steve Gaynor now. <laughs> If you actually listen to the ones that we put out all the time, and then if you do the thing, we're like, "This is going to be a good." This, and then in your ears, you hear something's going to be a good one, and then 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 a little like bit of blood comes out of your nose.